0: We all know how ratings work on movies and TV, right? Well, maybe not. Hey, everyone. Adam Holtz here, your host of The Plugged In Show, focus on the family's weekly conversation about entertainment, technology, and your family. Thanks for joining us. You know, movie ratings have been around for well, almost as long as most of us can remember. And TV show ratings are a bit newer. They've been with us since 1996. Video game ratings? That would be 1994. And thanks to Tipper Gore's work with the Parents Music Resource Center, the Parental Advisory Explicit Content label has been placed on music since 1990. Now, I think it's really tempting to think that all these ratings work the same way. But in fact, they don't. And things continue to change with the influx of more and more streaming content. So we're going to talk about what you need to know about ratings of all kinds today. Speaking of which, we would love to have you join that conversation, too. So be sure to let us know what you're thinking by emailing us at team at thepluggedinshow.com. Well, joining me for today's conversation are... Emily Clark, Jonathan McKee, Bob Hoos, and Paul Acey. So for our icebreaker today, I have what I think could be a really interesting and fun question. What are your memories of how your family used movie ratings when you were growing up or not?
1: This is going to sound like... (laughs) The nerdiest little thing you've ever heard. And I know you guys are going to no. make fun of me f- forever after this, but here goes. When I was younger, I got the chore of alphabetizing the VHS tapes and DVDs, right? Wow. Well, I, I <laughs> took it the extra. Hold on. It gets better. It gets better. I took it the extra mile and I would first sort them by ratings and then alphabetize them. <laughs> So that when me and my sisters were looking at the movies, we would know right away, okay, this is the G section, this is the P G, this is PG thirteen, wow. nope, can't go there. Yeah.
2: Wow. Yeah. Man. <laughs> that is the most Emily thing I've ever heard. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I will
0: have to, I have to say this exceeds my expectations for this question. So
1: I'm not sure anybody
3: else can live up to that, but we'll try. Yeah. I'm, I'm winning. <laughs> All right, I'll I'll, I'll go next. Um, I, which is sort of the opposite extreme, because because back in my youth, it was the Hayes Code that kept us. Here. Uh, <laughs> oh, oh, <laughs> okay, man. boomer. Actually, I, actually, my my family rarely went to the movies ever, ever. In fact, uh, I, I think we we might have occasionally gone to uh, to the drive-in, and and Emily for your. For your information, a drive in is a place where people would actually drive their cars to this big <laughs> outdoor. <No, room>. Really? <gasps> anyway. Yes! But but when we went there, it was generally uh, for like the latest Disney movie or something. So worry over the rating was never a part of the equation.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It was a kinder gentler time. That's right. A kinder generally time with with the Hayes code, that's for sure. I, you know, I am I don't remember having a lot of conversations about ratings in in my household. Um I think it was just sort of a given, you know, that that we couldn't see anything that was that was R rated or what not if if we, you know, if we weren't of age. But there was one exception um that I remember really distinctly. When I was like 15, I think, my dad said, "You know what? Why don't we go see Quest for Fire?"
3: Oh. It was the very oh. first
2: yeah, oh, no. it was the very first R-rated movie I had ever been to. And he said, yeah, it'll be good. It doesn't have that much content. It's sort of educational. It talks <laughs> about kids. They're, they're naked the whole time. They're naked the entire time. Not As a 15-year-old, that was a very eye-opening and embarrassing experience. So sometimes those ratings can, can really inform us in ways that maybe we should remind our parents about. <laughs>
4: That's funny. You know, I, I I think of, you know, my childhood, we definitely, I was a pastor's kid and my dad felt like the pressure of the congregation because they would always ask him, well, what do you let your kids watch and stuff? Mm -hmm. So sadly for us, very often it wasn't, you know, really even the scale that he necessarily wanted. It was what, Pressure He was feeling from the congregation. So like when I wanted to see Rambo really bad, you know, uh, I actually want, you know, I, when first blood first came out, all my friends got to see it. Everybody was talking about it. our youth pastor talked about it. I mean, to put like, you know, you know, icing on the cake there. And I was like, dad, we've, you know, come on. It's just for a little bit of violence, you know? I mean, and, and I, I can even <laughs> describe this scene. My friends R- had <laughs> already told me he sharpens these he sharpens these sticks and these sticks hit this guy in the leg. Come on and it's blood, dad, you know. And uh that's why they call it first blood, you know. But <laughs> but no, you know, he was like if I do that, then our whole church has to go watch the film. You know, I and I and I I just Oh, that's heavy it,
2: pressure. Wow. Yeah,
4: it was. And so so I was really bummed because, you know, I could watch, you know, 16 Candles and uh, all these other PG films that were full of garbage, but I couldn't watch First Blood. And I still I'm still bitter about that. I still I love tell my dad about that.
0: I'm particularly excited that we're going to have an opportunity to come back and talk about why 16 Candles is garbage, because that seems like a conversation ripe with possibility. Um, you know, sort of yeah. like some of you, my parents were God bless them. They were not very present. Uh, and yet, still, I remember. <laughs> I remember growing up in the you know in the early '80s. I don't remember my parents ever saying you can't see an R-rated movie, but there was still a stigma to it. Like going to an R-rated movie was a big deal. And my best friend and I snuck into an R-rated movie. I think it was *Purple Rain*, um, and that's one of the first ones I remember seeing. But but we knew we were doing something illicit and slightly naughty or maybe a lot naughty um and so there's so I think it was that cultural sense of the r rating is a is a protection for the the mere youth who should know better than to try to sneak into them um even if my parents were not really <laughs> not really paying attention i think it was more of a a cultural value than it was a parental value and and we could probably have a whole podcast on how times have changed in that sense um, but uh, I want to talk about ratings today. Now, I'm sure some of our loyal Plugged In Show listeners lay awake at night pondering, man, I wonder where they get all of their ideas for podcasts. Well, sometimes they just drop into my lap, you know, from somewhere out in the galaxy. And that happened last week. I was noticing that something odd seems to be going on with Netflix regarding their movie ratings. As in, we've yeah, done three sure. or four in the last couple of weeks that haven't had a rating at all. Um, And then right about then, I got a message from the Parents Television Council, which is a watchdog group in Los Angeles that sort of keeps its eye on what's happening with television that blasted Netflix for being more lenient in its ratings than other networks. And so I thought, you know, we're all still here at home right now with what's happening with this virus. We're watching more streaming stuff. and, And Netflix is either getting more lenient or just saying, you know what? We're not going to worry about ratings at all. And so I thought this is a great opportunity for us to talk about ratings, you know, in that situation, but, but in a bigger sense, how they work, uh, what we can trust them for, what maybe we can't trust them for, uh, and how we use them. So uh, as I mentioned at the outset, we're seeing ratings everywhere on everything these days. And it's been that way for several decades now, whether we're talking about movies, TV, games, or music. But what people may not know is that not all ratings are created equal. How the ratings processes work are different, for example, between TV and movies. And so that Mm -hmm. is the first thing that I want to talk about today. Um, Even though they look similar uh, in terms of the way they're rating content for certain ages, TV and movie ratings don't work the same at all. And I'm wondering if if you guys can enlighten me and, and talk with our audience about how those are different.
2: Well, I can speak for, for TV. I mean, I think that, that, that movie ratings there's, there's definitely a, uh, a a body of people that gathers together. They're a very secretive body that comes together. They look at every single movie that is submitted to them and they come up with a rating. Uh, most of their, their identities are, are kept quiet because they don't want to be influenced by outside sources. The TV ratings, which I don't even think that very many parents pay much attention to at all is very, very different. It's, it's essentially a, um, a self-governing system where the, the, the networks themselves, they kind of determine for themselves what a particular show gets. Um, if several, several years back, there was a lot of talk about uh, The Walking Dead, which is one of the bloodiest shows on TV. kept getting this TV-14 mm-hmm. rating, and it was because that was what the folks at, at AMC felt it was appropriate for. There is an oversight body, but it meets generally once a year to take care of any complaints that they hear about the rating system. And so, the the rating system for TV, at least, is much much different than it is for movies.
0: So it's yeah, a little and, bit fox in the hen house then.
3: Well, it can oh, yeah. look that way, yeah, for sure. And and the interesting thing about TV ratings is a lot of times they're even hard to find. I mean, mm. I I, rem- I remember. Uh, uh reviewing some tv shows that uh, were plugged in and i'd have to really dig to find out what is this thing rated and and go to all these different sources to finally find a rating somewhere
1: well that's because it's rated episode by episode not the series as a whole so you know the first episode could be tv 14 but then you know the fifth episode could be TVMA.
2: Yeah. And and it can be really difficult to find. It really can be. That that experience is not unique to you. Well,
0: and I only found out that they rate episode by episode fairly recently. And I'm the director of Plugged In. And so getting to what Emily was saying, I think you could watch the first one and make the unconscious assumption that they're all going to be given the same rating. But that is not the case with television.
1: Oh, no, I don't think so at all. I think that there's a lot of shows out there that where the first episode might seem really tame. And then as the series goes on, you just kind of notice this is getting a lot more mature than it was in that first episode. And, you know, there's no way for you to know that it's going to do that, except unfortunately, except to watch it. So I think it catches a lot of people off guard.
2: Yeah. Hey, one of the biggest examples of that, I think, is is The Crown on Netflix. You know, I think that, that you can step into the show, watch the first episode or two, feel like it's a really pretty clean show about sort of this, this behind-the-scenes drama of the royal family. Um, some, some episodes don't even have very much language at all. There's no violence. And then all of a sudden... Episode six or seven, you can have these incredibly graphic scenes of sensuality and and outright nudity that can you you just think, what, what, where did that come from? Um, And so it can be a really frustrating experience for for people viewing these things, especially people who are viewing them with families. So is it safe to say these rating
0: systems aren't quite as similar as they might appear to be from the surface?
2: I think the
1: fact that they each have a different name and they all have like different categories and stuff should be the first indicator because if they were the same, why wouldn't they be, why wouldn't you just copy the movies rating system?
0: Because they're not following
1: the same rules.
0: Yeah, that's exactly right. And so I think it's important, I think, to realize it's apples to oranges here. And in this case, we have a very uh, self-interested group of people rating their own stuff and you know if i had to rate my own life i'm probably going to rate it you know better than somebody from the outside and so you know over the years we have talked about the inconsistencies with the mpaa's rating system and um and and we may get to that here in a little bit but you know at at least you have the same group of people who are looking at stuff at, at any given moment as opposed to you know with people rating themselves they can give themselves whatever rating they want, uh, and that's pretty problematic. So I want to turn our attention to music and video games because they both get yeah. a rating as
3: well. How do these two systems work? Well, let's talk about video games. Um, there's the Entertainment Software Rating Board uh, that that rates the Thanks. games, and it's it's I think it's a little similar to the TV rating system in the sense that. Uh, video game makers, they fill out this questionnaire it said, well, here's the kind of content we think is could be problematic in this video game. And then a lot of times they will connect a video, an actual video, because why would they expect the Raiders to actually play the game? <laughs> uh, so so they, 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 they connect this Can little... Can I volunteer little, for that job? <laughs> yeah, they, they connect this little video that says, well, here's some of the content that we think is... is a, uh, that needs a little caution and they send that in with it and then that information uh, is sort of funneled through the ESRB staff and then sent out to different at least three different raters out in the community somewhere and these are people that are generally representative of like parents, teachers, casual gamers, that sort of thing and then they look at that information and say okay well this is an appropriate rating. So it's a little bit wishy-washy as well and and the fact is that let's face it um some casual gamer probably won't consider some of the information in there uh as critical as uh, as you might as a parent so right. it's a it's 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 not a it's not a nail it down kind of system
4: you know and it's interesting when you when you look at music again you know you talk about how how different these things are all the time Music is one of those things where it's, you know, of course, there's no visuals. So we're talking specifically about what you're hearing. And music uh, really is about uh, basically foul language when it really comes down to it. And it also will, you know, if if there's acts of violence or drug references, it can do that. But the thing that's kind of where music ratings really fall short is you've had over the years lots of artists who've become very good at talking about sensual things without using curse words. So you'll have some songs that are actually probably really clean songs thematically. You know, the, the, the message of the song is good, whatever, but an artist has no problem throwing in a mild cuss word. And that one will say explicit lyrics and you'll of a song that's very central or very promiscuous or very irresponsible or even gratuitous that they were able to keep curse words out. And so a song that, you know, is very inappropriate for young people isn't explicit. And what ends up happening, and, and one of the things I kind of run into at my parent workshops is parents used to kind of govern their kids' music by that rating system. You know, just none, nothing explicit. And so their kids would have some very kind of raunchy songs that just happened to not have curse words, but they had tons of stuff that was very inappropriate. Uh, But luckily it avoided curse words. So that's where the rating system Mm -hmm. really fell short in music.
2: Yeah, I, and Jonathan, that's what I think a really, really incredibly important point in this conversation is is what you are seeing from the parents using the rating system is sort of a crutch. Is I think that we see a lot in our business where they they look for that rating and they don't really examine the the piece of music, the the, the television show, the game any farther than that, and that can be a real problem, especially when. There are just kids who are sensitive, more sensitive to certain types of content than others. There are their content affects us all very differently. And so a lot of times those ratings can
3: be misleading, you know, for a lot of different reasons. And, and let's face it, that's why Plugged In was created way back when, because of these, these very issues that, uh, that parents were concerned about things that weren't being covered in the rating system and so they were saying well is there anybody out there who can get actually tell us what's in here and <laughs> and we step forward <laughs> da, 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 da. that's awesome
0: I feel like, I when like well you know i did superman music or something right here jonathan that's it.
4: <laughs> no no it, and it is so helpful because you look you look at so many of the rating systems across the board from um, from music to TV and, and it does change so fast. I mean, you know, 10 years ago, you know, we, we weren't, you know, talking about streaming so much and now everything is Netflix and Amazon prime. And, you know, and I mean, I, the other day what, uh, you know, saw that this new Amazon prime show upload came out and immediately I jump and, you know, to plugged in's page, and I saw Paul wrote this really cool review that told me things about Upload that IMDb didn't tell me, and other things. So, thank you, Paul. By the way, great review. You're welcome. And, You're welcome. Um, and it was, uh, you know, so that's so that's very helpful. And and it is funny how fast things change. Things have changed with music because now young people use Spotify. Where, you know, uh, again, ten years ago, it was like iTunes. A lot of it was iTunes, and iTunes mm-hmm. was very you know finicky about you know the explicit rating right next to it and a lot of parents you know govern whether their kid could download could buy that thing by the explicit rating well Spotify parents mostly really don't know what their kids have cuz there's no money involved it's free so their kids just get it and it's funny i've found that artists languages got worse and artists don't seem to care artists used to release clean versions and this is just speculation but I think artists don't care anymore because I think there's a perception that parents don't care anymore. Right. 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 I totally agree. Because if you look at the Spotify, you look at the, the billboard top 10 top 20 at any time it'll be loaded with explicit and kids will still listen to it because it's, you know, they're not having to search for the clean version because it's just right there and it's free and it's streaming right in their headphones.
0: You know, you were talking about language earlier. And I think that's one of the places where ratings have a really hard time because they're fundamentally subjective. And I see it both with movies and with music. I was listening to something a while back and there were a couple S words in it. Um, I was doing a music review. And so I went back to see if it had an explicit warning and it didn't. And I'm like, okay, I guess, you know, two or three S words is not enough to warrant telling parents, hey, there's some problems with the language here. Like there's a threshold. And we see something similar with movies. Um, Typically, you can get away with two uh, F words in a PG-13 movie. That's why we'll often see an actioner that has, you know, one or two really obviously placed F-bombs that are there for effect. But if you get up to three or four or more, it's almost an automatic R rating but it's not the same with, you know, with the S word. I know we're deep in the weeds here, but you could get a PG 13 movie that had a hundred S words and you could have an R rated movie that had three F bombs. And, you know, it all depends on how we weigh those words, but in some ways it's much easier for the PG 13 movie to get away with something that ultimately has a ton more content because of this arbitrary distinction.
2: Well, and one of the things that I I think that, that, when i think of the this ratings conversation is is how antiquated ratings feel today and it's just because of what jonathan said you know i think that that there's there has been sort of an opening of the gates um back when us oldsters were were being raised you know if you wanted to go to an r rated movie you had to con your parents into actually taking you to see that R-rated movie there were, there were gatekeepers that that you know would would keep you away from some of that content and you just don't have that anymore you know i think that that when adam you talk about the the distinction between some of these some of these different language issues that you have you don't have any distinctions really like that at all on youtube you know someone right. can just click on any sort of video they can be exposed to all sorts of, of problematic language and and because they're often doing it in their own bedrooms on their own phones as they're going to school there's nothing the parents really can do to to sort of to block that unless they have, are really really savvy about some of the some of the the internet protection software that's out there
1: something that i've noticed uh, just in terms of their consistency in such Because it extends to violence as well. I'm thinking about Lord of the Rings and Avengers in particular. Both of these movies are rated PG 13, and both of them are rated PG 13 because of their violence, but the violence in those movies is very different. In Avengers, it's a lot of like punching and superpowers and stuff, but in Lord of the Rings, you have people getting stabbed, they're getting decapitated, and there's actually quite a bit of bloodshed in Lord of the Rings. You just probably don't remember it because it was normally like the orc blood that you were seeing, mm. not human blood. <laughs> so it, was almost, yeah. it was almost passable because it wasn't red. It was black or whatever, but right. it's still a pretty gory movie, but it's got, it got the exact same rating as Avengers, which to my memory doesn't have a whole lot of bloodshed, if any.
3: Let me also harken back to things like games. We can't forget that games have ratings as well. And mm-hmm. I think ratings in general need to be thought of as as guideposts not necessarily the the only way to evaluate these Agreed. things but they need they need to be used by parents as guideposts and I'm not I'm not bashing parents at all but I think the more they are aware of things the better their their discipline can be or their evaluation of of any given media can be like for example I when we were talking, one story came to mind of uh, someone who worked in our department who was, who was standing in line at a, at a Walmart, and there was a mom and her little kid behind him with an M-rated game, checking out with an M-rated game. And the mom didn't have a clue what the M on it meant. Uh, it, it just looked like a fun little game. It had these little cartoon characters on it, but it happened to be a South Park game. And anybody mm. who knows oh. it, knows, oh. it, knows that that can get pretty raw. And she was buying it for her little son, you know. And and I think I think parents being aware is always good, and using these things as guideposts is always wise. And then and then maybe checking in with plugged in, and maybe we can help <laughs> as, as you go from yes. There.
4: <laughs> you know, and one of the things that's just really tough is this takes a lot of work. And this is, yeah, being completely honest, this is why some moms and dads just give up because they're like, and I've heard moms and dads say, "What are you gonna do? There's nothing. I can't even keep up because it takes work." That if your kid, you know, if if you're one of those parents who says, "Hey, guess what? You know, we're gonna have passwords on your phone to where before you download an app, a video game, or a song, we're gonna talk about it." that takes work your kid will come up and be like okay i got eight songs i want to add to my playlist today and we've got to talk about them and and all of a sudden you're a parent and you're looking at lyrics and it it takes time and so for a mom and dad who's kind of saying i'm going to walk with my kids on this journey it takes time to do that and and to be able to be involved and and conversate and there's kind of this balance of you don't want to be this, you know, disciplinarian where you don't let your kids do anything, so you'd like to have these conversations, but you know, that's in all honesty, why a lot of parents just are like, forget it. I can't control it. You know, I'm going to, I'm going to either look for some boundaries out there that work like R rated, M rated, no, everything else. Okay. And that way they can go on with life without having to spend, you know, all this time in conversation, but that's really what it comes down to.
3: Mm -hmm. I think
0: there's a lot of truth in that, Jonathan. And I think this has been a great conversation today because I, on the surface, I think ratings look really black and white. It's sort of like, here's the objective assessment of the content that you're going to find in here. But when we dig a little bit deeper, we find that there are potentially inconsistencies all over the place. Um, And yet, uh, you know, I mentioned the Netflix movies that we had reviewed recently that didn't have any ratings. I still feel like some rating is probably better than no rating. Like if there's no rating at all, I don't know anything about this. And so I I don't have any guidance. And I think for parents, um, I think one of the takeaways here for us is that ratings are not the final answer. They're not absolute and they're not objective, but they can be a starting point for trying to make decisions. And Jonathan, I think that you're absolutely right. There is a fatigue level involved because there's so much content. Um, But I think somewhere between, you know, saying no to everything and saying yes to everything, there is an intentional and engaged space where we as parents, we do wade into it, we do the work, we have conversations. Um, and over time, that begins to, to build up our kids' understanding of what's appropriate and what's not appropriate. Whereas I think if we have just an all or nothing approach, that doesn't give our kids the tools they need to grow in discernment with regard to the way that they make their own media decisions. Because as Jonathan pointed out, they're going to be making their own media decisions, sometimes at a younger age than we would like, but we want to help them. The ratings can be a tool to a point, And after that, we really have to engage as parents. So what about you? How do entertainment ratings work in your family's media choices? Drop us an email with your thoughts on today's show at team, that's T-E-A-M, at thepluggedinshow.com in fact, we recently heard from a listener with the username Splatacker, and he gave a shout out for some games that he's been playing during the coronavirus lockdown, Animal Crossing New Horizon and Splatoon 2. Thanks, Splatacker, for writing in to let us know what you've been doing during this lockdown. And thank you, too, for listening today. As things begin to get back to normal, we hope you'll keep looking for our new episode each week and invite your friends to take a listen and participate in the conversation as well. Finally, make sure to leave us some feedback or comments wherever you get your podcasts. As always, we look forward to connecting with you again next week for another episode of The Plugged In
2: Show.